Get ready. Three, two, one, zero. You are listening to the Fantasy Joe's Podcast. Fantasy Joe's Podcast. Your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Ryan Livergood, Trey Barrett, and Will Greenwood. Fantasy Joe's Podcast. Welcome. We are the Fantasy Joes. I'm Ryan Livergood, and joining me this evening, as always, are Trey Barrett and Will Greenwood. We also have a special guest, which we'll introduce in just a moment. But first of all, I've got to ask, Trey, how did those uh, hot, bold, spicy takes go for you last week? Man, that hurts a little bit. Obviously, uh, Jay Cutler happened to Devontae Parker, and uh, it still baffles me that Colin Kaepernick is without a job, and Jay Cuddy's still slinging slop down in Miami and then I think more painful is Chris Carson that was the that was bad I mean he went down you did yep. great man you did great <laughs> with it your was, takes your spiciness it was painful and Richard Sherman if you're listening we do care about Chris Carson we do care about him um Will Greenwood what, what's going on how were your takes last week oh I mean it started off a little rough with I don't think Jordan Matthews caught a pass in the first half of the the Bills Falcons game, then he got, he got his first touch on the game. I was like, yeah, my hot take's going to go off the charts here. He's going to be a top 15 receiver this week. This is going to be all Will again. And then he got stopped you know, basically at the one-yard line and injured his thumb and was out for the game. Uh, the other one with Thielen is just the – and the Vikings offense just kept fumbling on itself. And uh, it actually was Diggs that ended up taking it over. So I tried to go uh, like, like, like extra spicy and hot with the take, saying Thielen instead of Diggs. And – uh you know, he, it didn't go it, – I mean, he didn't get, like, zero yards receiving, but it didn't go very well at all. Well, I did pretty well. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. Uh, but first, <laughs> I want to introduce our very special guest this evening. It's the one, the only Nathan Powell. Nathan, how are you? What's up, guys? Uh, happy to be on the podcast. You know, I always love going on, going on podcasts and uh, talking to Facebook football. So if you don't know Nathan, I, I think you all do. He is one of the hosts of the Dynasty Tradecast. He also writes for – DLF. Um, so Nathan, we're glad you're going to join us tonight. Um, we got a, a, a little game that, that Trey's going to take over. We're going to play, but first of all, what we do each week. Is well, first, 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 well, no, 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 no. First, before you get to your first, <laughs> first of all, first of all, I'm suing you. Uh, you're, you're, you've officially been sued. That's right. Um, no, no one is allowed to play games on podcasts other than Nathan Powell and Nice Trey Cass. But you can go ahead with your first of all. <laughs> it's, it's, an activi- it's an activity. It's an activity. It's not He's a the game. OG of, OG of <laughs> Dynasty Games, man. It's a- <laughs> no, it, it's an homage, Nathan. It's an homage. Because that's one of the things that makes, makes these podcasts so great. Um, uh, <laughs> but what we're going to do first is we're gonna, what we do, we, we, before we start each show, we give our Fantasy Joe's moments of the week, the highs and lows. And this week, we're naming the high after the one, the only Le'Veon Bell, because he's back and better than ever. So Le'Veon Bell, what's your Le'Veon Bell moment of the week, Nathan? What was your highlight of week four? My, my Le'Veon Bell personal highlight of the week was actually the week before, because the only, the only Le'Veon Bell share I've really ever had, I traded for Sammy. So that was looking really good two weeks ago when <laughs> Sammy was blown up the planet and Le'Veon hadn't done anything in the first three weeks, but... Then Le'Veon blew up the planet for week four. So that's my week, uh, Le'Veon Bell uh, moment of the year. <laughs> All right. Uh, Trey, what about you? What was your highlight, your Le'Veon Bell moment of this week? 
I'm going to just take a, you know, slight curveball here off of uh, football. The uh, Boston Red Sox wrapped up their second straight division crown in the playoffs starting tomorrow night. We'll see if they can actually win a game in the playoffs, unlike last year where they were uh, swept out by the Indians. So, anyway, go Sox. We, we might have a Rays fan. Nathan, are you, are you a Tampa Bay Rays fan? I, I am a Rays fan. Uh, it's, it's been a rough few years for, for my Rays. Uh, yeah, no, I, I was like probably, oh, let's see, nine, nine, nine. Yeah, I was like 15, 16 years old during that 2008 run, and I went through a bunch of games that year. And then there was the, you know, the few years after that where they were sort of good. And then the last, like, four or five years, they've been absolutely terrible. So, I mean, I, I am a baseball fan, but I'm more of a, like, baseball fan when my team isn't absolutely terrible. <laughs> yeah, that, that's kind of how I feel. Um, Will, your, your baseball team, and now this is turned into the baseball podcast, I had a brief moment in the, in the postseason, but uh, what, <laughs> what was your uh, highlight of, of NFL Week 4? Uh, sorry, I had to wake up from my nap from talking about baseball. Uh, <laughs> sorry, guys. I think there might have been one or two pitches in between that. Uh, I think my literal highlight was the is the Tyrell Williams touchdown catch because I picked him up off waivers in a league, and he housed like a 75-yard touchdown. And I haven't like had a highlight where it's just one play, but I don't think I've ever gotten so excited about just kind of like one player scoring one touchdown in a game other than that just because he hadn't really done a lot all year. And uh, I, I try not to get, like, overly emphatic about it because I'll have, like, players on other teams and things like that. But that one was definitely, like, uh, it's kind of like, one, you're trying to figure out, identify the number on the Chargers because for some reason on screen he looks a lot similar like Keenan Allen and the other. Uh, when, when, what's, when Inman's on the field, too, you have to, like, identify their number as they're running. And when I was, I was like, go, 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 go. And he just thought I was going to get caught the whole time, and he didn't. So I think, like, overall, that was my most exciting, my, like, most excited moment of the week uh, watching football. All right, all right. Also, didn't watch any baseball. I feel like that is a highlight of the week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gee. Sorry, baseball fans. Um, it's, it should be a good postseason, though. But, but moving on, wh- what about our, our letdowns? And I, I think this week we'll name our letdowns after Sammy Watkins because he was a huge letdown. So, uh, Nathan, you already talked about kind of one tied in the, the two players. But what's another letdown, a Sammy Watkins letdown of, of week four? Well, my big letdown uh, guy that I invested on in a bunch of my redraft and dynasty teams, as well as um, I'm a draft day consultant at draft day consultants and a bunch of my draft day consultants teams, uh, like my clients had Dalvin cook. It's just so rough when you have a guy that, you know, you draft based on the talent and, and, you know, the situation surrounding him say, okay, this is going to end up being really well. He's in the top 12, top 10 RB. And that's what Dalvin cook season, his rookie season were looking to be. But then he carries his ACL and pretty much all research, all that, you know, success was all for naught. So, I mean, in, in Dynasty, it'll pay off later on. But, you know, it's just frustrating to like, get a take right for once and then it not pay off at least immediately. Man, it sucks. It was a, it's such a good take and, and such an exciting rookie year. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a real bummer. Injuries this year in general have been a big bummer. Uh, Trey, what about you? What, Sammy Watkins, uh, uh, letdown of the week. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to piggyback on that because and, – and this is just a, you know, poor move on my part. I have a team, and you guys are actually both in the league. The Locomotive LeBlanc is a fantasy team that I own, and it's a team that I had some pretty decent depth. Coming into the year, I had three of the top five rookie picks. I ended up with Corey Davis, Joe Mixon, and Dalvin Cook. 
And, um, you know, it was looking pretty good. So early on in the season, I think two weeks ago, I traded Carlos Hyde and I traded Tyree Kill um, to add some rookie picks for next season. Felt pretty good about it because those, those were guys that were a little further down my depth chart. And uh, basically now I just lost Dalvin Cook. And so with I've got Corey Davis, Jordan Matthews, and Dalvin Cook all on my IR on that team. And now Alvin Kamara's on bye. So I'm starting to kind of pay the price for selling some of my depth a little too early. So, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to have to weather the storm there and, and, you know, pay the, pay the price for my sins on that particular team. So. Yeah, that's, that's rough. That's rough. But you know, those guys that are in IR are still assets. And I, and I know that um, you're trying to shop some of those to me for Le'Veon Bell. So we'll see if we can get something done. Um, Will, Will, what about you? Yeah, so mine comes again with like more of a particular play, uh, which happened this week because Ryan, myself, and Trey, we all have a team in the, the league about nothing or the Seinfeld league. And we started Jason Witten over Charles Clay. I had no problem with it. You know, it's, it's the, the tight end kind of mix up and everything is happening. But the biggest moment is you, when, you see, when you saw uh, a big lumbering tight end from the Cowboys just house a touchdown from 20 yards out. And I was just like, yeah, like that was so awesome. I, was, I think I was doing dishes or something in my house. I wasn't overly paying attention uh, with the game on, but I was like, oh, yeah, that, that worked out real well. It wasn't until like, it was like two hours later. I'm like looking, and I'm like, wait, wait, what happened there? Because I, 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 I kind of felt like, like it didn't exactly look like Jason Witten. And as I look back, it wasn't even close. Uh, but I was further away from the TV. And so I guess my lowest moment of the week, lowest moment of the week was realizing that it, it wasn't Jason Witten at all, but it was James Hanna, a guy who is not and looks nothing like Jason Witten. <laughs> yeah that's true that's true um my big letdown of the week was that Danny Trevathan hit on um on Adams that, that Thursday night game you know and yeah. watching that live you know I'm a Bears fan and and I was just I was kind of ashamed you know of that, of that hit and I know I know that's you know that that's a league and uh, but I thought that was so unnecessary so that was my letdown of the week just seeing that and just feeling oh just I, I had to look away I wanted to shut off my TV. It was, it was, it was pretty bad. This is a game we're calling. We forgot to come up with a name for the game. Maybe our guest of honor can, the, the name, uh, the game master can uh, come up with a game name for it. Name that score. Name that score. <laughs> I like it. All right, here we go. We're going to get started. So what we're going to do is uh, I'm going to give you guys a player's name and then you are going to each tell me where you think that player ranks so far this season among their position group. All right. So, uh, and then we'll kind of go from there and discuss whether you think that player is a buy, sell, or hold, or that you could care less. So first we're going to start off with a wide receiver. Um, this is a veteran and uh, goes by the name of DT Demarius Thomas. So full PPR is what we're looking at here for all positions. So, where do you think that Demarius Thomas? We'll let our guest start off here. If you guys get just a couple seconds to kind of come up with where you think he ranks, and then uh, Nathan, I'll let you go first. We'll we'll go around the horn. Nathan, Will, and then and then Ryan. We'll go wide receiver thirty-eight. All right. I uh, wrote down forty-two. All right. I got 40, 47. All right. Well, Nathan, you're going to get a point for this one. We will keep score here. 
Um, let's see whoever's closest. And, uh, you know, since it's a game, there's got to be a winner. So uh, our guest takes the lead. Demarius Thomas, wide receiver, 36, currently wow. 42.7 uh, fantasy points scored in uh, full PPR. He's on track for really career lows. For, if, for a 16-game season, he's on track for less than 80 receptions, less than 1,000 yards. He's yet to score a touchdown. I know that Trevor Simeon's kind of started out a little better than a lot of people expected, and, and Demarius Thomas was, was someone that um, quite a few people thought was a good buy coming into the season. What, is, what do you guys think on uh, Demarius Thomas? Is he a buy, a sell, a hold, or do you really not care? We'll start with you, Ryan. I buy Demarius Thomas. I thought I'm actually surprised he's doing that well because I know he's had a very down year. Um, but I think he's one of those guys that doesn't get a lot of respect. And I think that he's, you know, I, I think he's still some value. I think you could get him for a cheap price. I think he's, he's a nice guy that you can plug into your flex. Uh, so, yeah, Demarius Thomas for me is definitely a, a guy I'd like to go out and buy because I, I think you could get him cheap. All right, awesome. What about you guys? Nathan, do you have a take on that? I, I think that Demaryius Thomas at this point has enough recognition, name value, to where you know it's hard for him to buy him at like you know maybe like a an early second, twenty eighteen second, or a mid twenty eighteen second price. He's still, his name recognition value alone is going to command that first price. He's fairly priced, and uh, so I don't think he's a buyer or right now. Well, what do you think? Uh, I, I guess in the overall. Uh, I'd, I'd be buying him. I, the name recognition thing and, and going over time, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cost you a little bit. I, I, I would not give up like, like a, a 2018, you know, first round pick for him. Uh, if, you're, if you're looking at, like, you know, like straight dynasty. Yeah. Which is fine. Like, <laughs> how excited can you get about Demarius Thomas at this point? Like, I'm going to be super psyched about acquiring him. I think like, you know, maybe like a redraft league in full PPR, somebody's super down on him and make like a low ball offer. But in general, like it's not somebody on my radar one way or the other that I've been I've been going, going after. after or deciding that I'm not going after. Yeah, yeah, you know I think it's interesting, um, and I, I I'm kind of curious on Nathan's take on this that you know Dynasty has really gotten big with with a lot of with a new audience, and and I wonder with redrafters that get into Dynasty if if they don't have that same kind of name recognition with players like Demarius Thomas and don't remember what he was like a couple of years ago. Uh, because it seems like people have very short memories that the people just want to want to move on like oh he sucks this year so I want to move on from him he's old so do you think there's any chance that people have just written him off because of his age that you maybe you can get a deal on him Nathan what's your take on that I, I don't think Demarius ever entered like the tier of guys that like redrafters were wanting on their team every year you know like a Julio or a Dez or you know on the running back side like an Adrian Peterson Jamal Charles I don't think he ever answered that tier of, oh, this guy's going to go win me out my league. So I don't think he's overpriced and nice to that aspect where like, no one's going to like, oh, this guy won me out my league in 2009, but I never going to sell. But Demarius Thomas is at the point to where he, he's a guy that, you know, you know about, you consider him more of a wide receiver one, even if he hasn't been that in the last year, you know, 18, 20, 24 months. So it's one of those things that, you know, he's never really been overvalued on the trade market. And he may be undervalued now, but if he's undervalued, it's not by very much. All right. Yeah, and just for, you know, the sake of argument and curiosity, I plugged um, each of these guys we're going to discuss into a, a trade calculator online that I've used for, um, you know, kind of just seeing where trades stand in the past. I know there's a few of them. And 
uh, it basically came out to between an early and mid 2018 first was where I put Demarius Thomas value. So hmm. um, I think that's probably. I'd, I'd, I'd sell Demarius. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that, I, I think that's probably a little inflated. Um, you know, I think there were some concerns Demarius Thomas last year, his production was less than it had been previous season. So, all right, we're going to move on to the second gentleman, another wide receiver. Um, this is another guy who is um, kind of interesting the way his value has been treated in the last 12 to 24 months. Uh, Randall Cobb. Um, I'll give you guys just a second to kind of put your, put your thoughts on Randall Cobb and where you think his uh, uh, full PPR. Now, We'll start with uh, let we'll let we'll let you go first this time. Where uh, full PPR? Where do you think Randall Cobb ranks? Nineteenth. Uh, okay. Uh, Ryan, why don't you go next? I honestly was thinking nineteen. Uh, I'll, I'll go one one higher than I'll go eighteen. All right. What about you, Nathan? Uh, Price is right. Rolls are all the twenty. Twenty. All right. So we're actually going to get a point here for uh, Ryan. So, ah. oh, no, no, no. Just kidding. Just kidding. Nope, not you either, Will. Nathan gets a second point. Now, I'm going to tell you. This, mm, I want some proof. This could have been a little bit of a trick question. So, <laughs> Randall Cobb's wide receiver 33 on the season with 44.9 fantasy points. But I will tell you that if you go on a per game, he's only played in three games. So, if you're going by game scored per game, he's actually – the wide receiver, 13. Uh, wide receiver, how did I forget about that missing game? Darn it. Yeah, so he missed a game. So, so this is, this is a, a gentleman at wide receiver 33 right now who actually on a, a points-per-game basis is, is putting up wide receiver 13 numbers. Um, we'll start with you here, um, Ryan. What are your thoughts on Randall Cobb? Buy, sell, hold? Where, where are you at with, with the Cobster? Yeah, I kind of like Ryan Cobb. <laughs> I want to name him after me. That's how much I like him. Uh, <laughs> yeah. no, I kind of like Randall Cobb. Um, yeah, I just think in that Green Bay offense, I, I think he he's back to relevance. Um, yeah, especially yeah. I, I just I don't know. I just I just like Randall Cobb. That's not great, <laughs> you know, <laughs> analysis, I guess. Um, but he's one of those guys that people have kind of slept on over, over the past couple of years. So. If you can get him at a reasonable price, I think he can buy. Although I think there are people that tout him up. I know Ryan McDowell is a big fan of Randall Cobb, and I wonder if people don't have, uh, you know, he's he's got that name recognition already, as as Nathan talked about earlier with uh, BT. So, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan. I, I guess I go out and buy him if I can get him. What about you, Will? What do you think about Randall Cobb? Oh yeah, I love Randall Greenwood. Oh sorry, I mean Randall Cobb. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh. Yeah, I thought he was a really, really great buy low at the beginning of the season, and he did have to sit a game out, which is a little troublesome because he hasn't done well playing injured in the past, especially the past the, the past couple of years. But he's been a top what I mean, he was like a, a top ten WR uh, just just a, just a couple of years ago, and I, I think he kind of lost a lot of that luster, especially with Devontae Adams having a really great year last year. But he's the like he's he's kind of like the, the steady beat now in that in that receiving core for Aaron Rodgers, and you know, honestly, it. it as much as people are, it's been talked about that hit on Devontae Adams is, I mean, it's, I feel it just made him even more of a vibe. If you can still get him that, I mean, that hit was vicious. Devontae Adams is young. Uh, I feel terrible for him, but that affects people. And you don't know what kind of effect that's going to have on a player. And like that, like Devontae Adams, this is, I, in, this, you know, in my mind, he's not Anquan Bolden, 
And you kind of wonder how he's going to come back. Like, are the backers going to rest him? Like, what's going to happen? I want to see the long-term effects of that because it's just, I mean, it, 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 uh, you know, who knows how a player is going to respond to something like that. So huge, huge, big time buy on Randall Cobb. All right, Nathan, what are, you, what are your thoughts on Cobb? Uh, my thoughts on Cobb have always been that he's Aaron Rodgers wide receiver. And so that always gives him a bump in general. But he really hasn't been that elite fantasy producer for like four years now. So I, I think that people kind of overvalue his, his early career production and along with the fact that he has Aaron Rodgers by his side. So I, I think that his dynasty value as of today is being valued correctly and along with his, you know, age that, you know, he was always one of the younger wide receivers in the NFL because he ended the, 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 the NFL at a, at a young age. So I, I think that with Randall Cobb, it's more of a, a guy that, you know, he's being valued correctly, but it's one of those things that if Adams gets hurt, if Jordy gets hurt, it could very easily vault into him being a consistent, like mid to, to high end wide receiver too. Hey, Nathan, where do you see Cobb next year, a year from now? Do you, do you, what, how do you see his value compared to right now, if you had to project? I, I, I don't see him leaving Green Bay at all. So I, th- I think that he'll stay in Green Bay. I don't think Green Bay is going to invest in the wide receiver position. They have so many other needs. So I, I think that it's more of they'll stay with that three-headed rotation between Devontae Adams, Jordan Nelson, and then Adams. And then once Nelson gets too old, they'll go, you know, Cobb and then Adams and some other guys. So. I think it's more of Aaron Rodgers can score three wide receivers and cost me one of those guys. Yeah, I would say this is, I, I'm going to just interject real quick on this guy. He's, he's a guy that I've always kind of liked um, soured on him a little bit last year, but I mean, he's got 19 catches through three games played this year. And I think that moving forward, there's a pretty decent possibility um, between the offensive line in green Bay and this absolute uncertainty at the running back position but a guy like Randall Cobb that can catch these short passes and do something with him. He's still pretty young. You know, the, the trade calculator I plugged him into uh, valued him at a late first. Uh, I'd be willing to throw some offers out there um, either for some, you know, rookies that um, people are uh, tending to get a little bit excited about right now, like, you know, 20, 2017 rookies or uh, maybe a second round pick for next year. If there's someone that really just doesn't, uh, I'm, I'm guessing whoever owns Cobb in your leagues, most likely, um, is a believer, but he's a guy that I would be willing to, to take on. Cause I think that especially in PPR formats could have some real value. All right. So Nathan's schooling us here in the, uh, in the game. So maybe the fantasy Joe's here can, can, can take, take this one up a notch. So there's going to be two points available on this one. All right. I threw a little curveball at you guys there, but I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you in advance that another curveball's is coming. Cause our uh, third gentleman here has also only played three games. So you've got two guesses here. So I'll give you a, a couple seconds. Devontae Parker, all right, wide receiver for the Miami Dolphins. So where does he rank as far as overall wide receiver? So the fact that he's only played three games. And then where does he rank on a per game if you were just to take what, uh, what these wide receivers are scoring on an average per game, where does he rank? So I'll give you just a split second to come up with those numbers. And um, – and then I'll let Will. I think I don't think you've let us off, so I'll I'll let you go first whenever you're ready. If you want to tell me what what two ranking, where do you think you where do you think he ranks overall? Where do you think he ranks just on a per game basis? Uh oh, so let's go overall thirty four per game twenty two. All right, Nathan. 
I, I was going to say overall 48, 30, uh, overall, I mean, overall 48 uh, points per game, 30, 38. All right, Ryan. I was going to go a little bit higher than these guys. Um, I, I think overall, what, what did Will say? I, I don't want to say the same thing. He said 30, 34 and 22. Okay, I'll say I'll say thirty-five, but I think per game he's higher. I want to say he's maybe seventeen because because he he's had some. Well, some I should show I, I should show my league with no name Parker share to you guys because <laughs> you guys are in love with him. All right, so I, I well, go ahead. What were you say, Ryan? No, no. Let's hear the answer and I'll res, re, respond to that because I have a love hate relationship with with Parker. <laughs> so so far on the season in full PPR, Devontae Parker is wide receiver thirty. So Will's going to get the point for that question. Buy that, one, that portion. get one. And then for the second portion, uh, Ryan is actually the closest. You guys were all over. Um, Devontae Parker is wide receiver 11 with an average of 15.7 fantasy points average through his first three games. So uh, 18 catches, 230 yards, and one touchdown. What are you guys thinking on Devontae Parker? Buy, sell, or hold? Uh, we'll let uh, Will. Why don't you start us off here on Devonte Parker? Oh, uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe the poorest choice to start off on Devonte Parker. For me, if there you can get really, really good value, I think uh, I'm, I'm I'm a pretty big seller on him. Uh, it just isn't. He's he's had some good catches and some good plays here and there, and it's in Miami. But I just a really hard time buying into what they're doing down there in Miami, especially after bringing in. Uh, Jay Cutler is a reserve quarterback because he's just going with their system. That whole organization is just not to have a lot of faith in. So overall, uh, I would I would sell I would sell Devontae Parker in in dynasty. I mean, I guess in redraft, if you can get him cheap. I think he'd be a good buy. All right, Nathan, what do you think? Yeah, I've all, I've always thought throughout this offseason that Parker was a sell. People who are valuing him as a early to mid third uh and as far as startup value i, I never quite understood that um just to give some background on i, I was talking about I, I wanted to sell parker in the league with no name um for people who don't know what that is it's a league where uh you can only roster players in your division or conference whether it be the sec or or the big 12 or the afc east i had the afc east i had parker who i didn't really want but i you know intended on shopping him shop parker for a while ended up basically trading uh, Devontae Parker for Andrew Luck. Um, so, anyways, uh, I really don't regret that trade. I, I, I was kind of surprised by his numbers so far this year on, on a per-game basis, but Parker seems like that type of guy that you're waiting for that breakout, breakout game. You're waiting for that breakout season, and it's just not going to happen. And granted, he's entering his third season in the NFL, so it's not like he's had much chance to do it, and especially with a Ryan Tannehill and a Jay Cutler. But um, I, I've just never been a huge believer in a Parker breakout. I think that he can be a solid – you know, wide receiver 24 to wide receiver 30, like consistent, you know, producer. I'm just not sure he's ever a wide receiver one that people may have hoped of. All right. Send us home, Ryan Parker. Uh, yeah. And that's kind of how I felt about him until really the off season. And I know you got to take with a grain of salt a year in the off season, but I've always thought with Parker, he's kind of a head case. Like he never had his head in the game. You heard these reports out of Miami oh, he's showing up to practice late. Oh, he's not taking his, you know, his health seriously. He's not eating right. He's going out late. And then we got these reports kind of trickling out of Miami. And enough of them where I think he could buy into it that he was taking the game seriously. He wanted to become this elite player. And then 
he got um, lucky. I, I know I, I, I am saying lucky and Jay Cutler in the same sentence, but he got, you know, Jay Cutler became the quarterback there and we know Jay Cutler's history. You know, he, he finds guys he likes and he, he peppers them with targets. And that's what's happened. I mean, what, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to cheat Trey. Do you know how many targets uh, Parker's had this, this year so far in three games? Um, he's ninth in the league in targets. I do know that. Yeah. So he, he's, you know, he, there, he's getting targeted. He has a lot of talent. There's no question about that. Um, so yeah, I mean, Nathan could be right. He does have the, the feeling of that guy that just will never break out that has all the potential in the world. We're not going to see it, but I, I, I don't know. I'm buying in. I, I think he's turned a corner and I think we're going to see it soon. Uh, I, I am a buyer. I, I did just, I just bought him in a league actually. So I, I'm definitely a, a buyer of, of Devontae Parker and it didn't used to be. So I very much a love hate relationship is a roller coaster for me, but I, but I'm on the, I'm on the Parker train, Ryan Parker all the way. Yeah, and I'll tell you, if you, if you want to buy Devontae Parker, it's probably the time to do it because I think, and 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 this little exercise I think proved the point exactly. Um, you know, when, when you take into consideration he's only played three games, and you look at the per game scoring. I mean, to be a wide receiver one in a twelve team league on a per game scoring, he, it doesn't feel that way. It doesn't seem that way. I don't expect him necessarily to finish as a wide receiver one, although I did earlier on when we were having some discussions and I think it was one of our early recordings I, I talked about um, really liking the potential for Devonte Parker to finish as a wide receiver one. Um, but you know, he, he's a guy that, that Miami offense, I mean, Will, you mentioned it, the, the offense there in Miami looks rough. Who knows what's going on there. Um, but he, you know, these numbers, it's not like he's had one big blow up game. He scored a touchdown on one game. He's had four, eight and six catches and he's had between, 69 and 85 yards. So he's getting some consistent production. Um, the trade calculator put Devontae Parker at a mid first. Um, and honestly, right now, if there was someone that would sell me Devontae Parker for a mid first or even a later first, I would do that uh, without question. So interesting. So Nathan's got two points and, and Will and Ryan each have one point. So we're going to jump over to the running back position. We're going to talk about a few running backs here. I'm going to start off with Carlos Hyde. All right, Carlos Hyde, I want you guys to think just for uh, a moment. We'll start with you, Ryan, on this one. So I'll give you a minute. Where is it that you think um, – and, and there's no trick questions here. Uh, Carlos Hyde has actually played four games. So where's Carlos Hyde among running backs in full PPR? What do you think? Man, this is such a weird year for running backs, it seems. And, and I, I don't own any Hyde shares, so I haven't been following him as closely as other guys – but I want to say he's maybe an upper, like maybe a high-level RB2 at this point. Uh, so I guess I'm going to go uh, 15. I don't feel confident about that, but I'll say number 15 overall. All right, 15. Will, what do you got? I'm going eight. Running back eight. All right. Nathan, where, uh, where do you think that uh... – Carlos Hyde ranks in full PPR among running backs. I'm going to go with wide receiver 18. I mean, running back 18. <laughs> he is not wide receiver 18. I can guarantee you that. All right. We actually have one of you fine gentlemen that hit the nail right on the head. Um, you know, thinking about maybe giving a bonus point for that, but I'm going to just stick with the original rules of the game. And uh, Will is just pulled into a tie with Nathan. Carlos Hyde is currently running back eight. 
And I want to read you his line because I think you might be surprised by this. Carlos Hyde, 65 carries for 321 yards for a 4.9 yards per carry average, scored two rushing touchdowns. The shocking thing for me, Carlos Hyde has 17 catches for 88 yards, no receiving touchdowns. Um, knowing that Carlos Hyde's running back A, uh, and we'll start back, to, I'll flip this to you, Ryan. Um, is Carlos Hyde a buy, a sell, or a hold in Dynasty for you? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, uh, you know, we, we talked about him a, a couple of weeks ago, actually. We talked about how his, his target numbers had increased, and that, that w- was meaning good things. Um, and, and when I looked at Hyde, I don't remember off the top of my head. Once again, I'm not looking at stats. I don't want to cheat. Uh, you know, I, I presented the theory that maybe his injury proneness is a bit of a myth. Um, if you've if you've looked at how many games he's actually missed, uh, so I think you know he is you know in this I don't know it seems like a weird year for running backs and how many can you really trust? Uh, I don't know. He's probably just a hold. I don't know that I want to go out and buy him because I still do worry about the injury history. Even though I said maybe it's a myth, and I also worry about you know just, just that offense in general. You know how many how many times he's going to see the the end zone for a t- for touchdown? So. He's probably, I'm going to think, I guess he's a hold. I guess he's a hold. All right, Will, what about you? Carlos Hyde. Oh, yeah. Uh, so the, one of the reasons I think I, I you, know, you know, guessed higher was I, you know, I had him in a redraft league and I, and I sold him in a deal for uh, Leonard Fournette in the redraft league. So I kind of understood where he was sitting at and he had that blow. He had a really good game against the, the Rams and scored a couple of tutties from the one-yard line. He was in and out of the game. But long story short is it, it depends where you're at in your dynasty league. If you are a win now team and or you need a, you're a team that you need a couple more wins to like you know bounce back from, but you think your long term rest of the season team is great, Carlos Hyde is a great buy. He will be scoring until he he can't anymore. The the Niners are going to run him to the ground. They're going to see what they have. I believe in what you know their other their other players with the team, but in, in general, it's a coach's job to win games for the fans and bring fans to the stadium. And I think it gets lost a little bit in the NFL that it's a business and people need to run it. As, as what they're doing. And, and the Niners are terrible. And Carlos Hyde isn't necessarily the, the pivot point for what they're doing to win games. So they're definitely going to run the most exciting player on that team out every game as long as he can last. And he's going to do everything he can to, to, you know, to score touchdowns and points. So at the end of the day, if somebody's willing to give up Hyde for, for something cheaper, I know he's going for like a, you know, maybe, a, maybe a, a Dynasty 2018 first next year. Um, you know, maybe you can get that a little bit lower now since we're a few games in the season. You've definitely gotten some good games out of high. Like somebody's already gotten their value out of him. Uh, so, so I think he's a good buy opportunity. It, it's, it's a mixed bag because, you know, it's, a, it's the running back position. It's injury prone. It's, it's, it is what it is. And, but at the end of the day, like if, if the next uh, four weeks, if you get an RB1 out of high and you paid, you know, let's like say like, like a second and maybe like a lower end receiver or something like that, I feel like that's a big win to, you know, to having your team make the playoffs to potentially win a championship. So uh, my opinion on Hyde right now is, is by now. All right, Nathan, what do you think? Carlos Hyde. I've always been a seller of Carlos Hyde because, I mean, he's great. He's always been on, on a losing team. And on a team, uh, across, I've never seen him as a guy that's going to be a, you know, 50, 60 catch guy. So I've never been a big fan of Carlos Hyde, but I think that, you know, he's going to have that higher floor at this point because he's going to get that you know, 10, 15 touches a game. But from a strictly dynasty perspective, I think he's a sell right now. 
I, I pretty much I, I live by the you know if you're going to go invest high, invest high in the guys like Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette, Ezekiel Elliott, um, Le'Veon Bell. Do that. Don't invest in the mid-range guys from that you know nice rankings like eight to fifteen range. And if you're going to just completely punt the position, go for the the pass catchers, guys like Shane Vereen, Duke Johnson, Jerick McKinnon. Because if you collect enough of those guys, one or two guys will get hurt, and then you'll be able to capitalize and start some of those low-end guys. So either invest highly in running back in Dynasty or not at all. Cool. Yeah, I like that. And, and you know, when, you, when I look at a lot of the rosters I have across Dynasty, I've employed that strategy more often than not. Um, so, um, and you, you mentioned it there. I also, I didn't get into in the wide receivers, but I looked at these guys, um, consensus DLF ranks and, and Carlos Hyde sits right at 16. I'll throw in, obviously I mentioned, uh, in the opener, I sold Carlos Hyde and, um, you know, I still think at running back a, I mean, he's producing, this is a level he cannot keep up. And if they continue to use him like this, Ryan, I, I do agree with you. Maybe he's not necessarily, you know, quote unquote injury prone, but he's definitely a guy who's missed uh, game action pretty consistently his first couple years in the league. And um, so I, I wouldn't surprise me if he continues to get this level of work that he could end up getting hurt. Um, so Carlos Hyde, we're moving on to uh, the next running back. Next gentleman. Um, I'm going to let you start this one off, Nathan. We got a two-way tie right now. Nathan and Will with two points, and Ryan is uh, one point. So we got a pretty competitive game here after Nathan tried to take off with it. We're going to talk about Melvin Gordon, all right? So take just a quick second. Think about Melvin Gordon. He's played all four games this year. Where is it that you think Melvin Gordon ranks among running backs in full PPR this year? Uh, Go ahead, Nathan, and then we'll go to Ryan and then Will. Running back nine. Running back nine. What do you think, Ryan? Um, I'm going to go 16. All right. Will? 17 for the win. Gentlemen, Will has hit the nail on oh, the head man. for a second time. Buy one. Get there one. it is. The first was the buy one. This was the get one. So Melvin Gordon running back 17. This is his line so far this season. 54 carries for 168 yards, two touchdowns, an abysmal 3.1 yards per carry. He's also actually caught 13 passes for 97 yards and a touchdown. I I mean, this production, 57.5 points is what he's scored so far. I I mean, he scored three touchdowns. His production is highly touchdown dependent. He's been quite ineffective. He's not really been used. His last this last game, last in week four, he put up 3.9 points. What do you guys think? Uh, well, I'll, I'll let you start, Will, since you hit the nail on the head. Melvin Gordon, you know, we'll kind of move through these last two guys quickly. So just a quick synopsis, buy, sell, or hold. And uh, I, uh, let's just say I, I trust it. I trust in Melvin Gordon, what they're doing. Uh, if you can get him for – I mean, it's basically like throw out some offers there for Melvin Gordon, see if you can get him for the right price, see if somebody's selling low. Uh, I would have a really hard time. I mean, I think I, I think if you're gonna trust, if you again, if you're gonna be a winning team, and you're winning this year, you're you're gonna give up a little bit more for what he is. So you know, maybe like a 2018 first pick and another good player. But in general, it's it's hard for me to have a lot of trust in Melvin Gordon. I sold him in the off season. It kind of shows what his efficiency has been and what he's done in the NFL. I think he 
it's really hard for me to project what he's doing. I just know he's had a really rough time. And so I basically just went one higher than Ryan. So he did on the, the nail, the nail on the head, but I just don't think that Melvin Gordon, Gordon owner, if he's going to sell low, uh, if you can get him like nicely, that's great. And, and go and make a few offers and, and for what you can do. I think in redraft, actually, you're probably going to get him the cheapest at this point compared to dynasty because he's not very old. He's only in his third season. He had a huge year last year. I uh, might like seen after the, the last few games this season but uh at the end of the day for me if i have to choose buy or sell i'm buying all right nathan what about you i'm holding i'm definitely not going looking out to buy him i've always been wary of the oh this guy's only averaging 4.3 former two yards per carry um but he's in an offense that should be explosive in, in the years to come with philip rivers until he ends up being not as good anymore and you have Keenan allen tyra williams so with Melvin Gordon, it's one of those things that I think he's a risky guy to own in ISC, but I, I don't think he's a guy that is going to lose you any weeks in the short term. So I, I, I'm holding. I'm not really selling right now because I think that you can really only get like a mid-first right now. But I'm not buying either because I think you'd have to pay early first. Yeah. And the trade calculator would agree with you. I know, Ryan, we're going to let you comment real quick. The trade calculator has him just a little bit over. It's almost like you'd have to pay a, an early first and a uh, maybe a late second or early third, which, I mean, that we, you know, that's, that's a, a pretty decent price to pay. Ryan, what about you? Melvin Gordon, is he a buy, sell, or hold for you? Yeah, I, I think Nathan nailed it. I, I, I can't anything to what he said. It, he's the epitome of a hold. He's the epitome of a hold. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Well, I tell you, I'm going to throw this out there. He plays at the New York Giants this week, which could be a, a, a bit of a tough opponent for him. So, you know, if, if you've got someone who really is trying to become competitive this year, um, you might be a guy you might be able to pick up cheap. All right, last guy we're going to talk about here, another running back. Um, we're going to start with you. Uh, Ryan, we'll start with you on this one. You got one point. This is another one where there's two points in play. This is a guy who's only played three games. So give me – where do you think Jay Ajayi, running back for the Miami Dolphins? Take a minute, think about it. Where do you think he ranks? The, the, the first number I'll have you give me is his overall ranking, which, of course, will be a little lower. Um, and then where, where do you think he ranks on a uh, per-game basis? Whenever you're ready. We'll go Ryan, Will, and we'll let, we'll let the guest wrap us up. Yeah, okay. Um, he, man, he's, he's a tough one. Um, he has not the best year uh, in general. I, I guess I'm, tick, tick. I'm gonna, I, hey, uh, please, uh, 27 17. 27 and 17. All right, Will. Oh, I'm gonna go like 38 and uh, 26. All right, Next. all right, um, for the sake of uh, just guessing, I'll go 37 27. 37. And 27. All right. So we did like a little twist tie. <laughs> all right. So Jay Ajayi on the season is running back 46. So all of you guys were a little Ooh. bit more optimistic on Jay Ajayi. So Will's going to get that point and actually wrap up a victory here for the Fantasy Joes. And then um, he's running back 34. So uh, Nathan, you actually scored a point on that one to, you know, at least make it close. So, you know, this. Jay Ajayi's got 51 carries for 184 yards, no touchdowns. The guy's caught five footballs for 21 yards and, again, no touchdowns. We talked about this earlier with Devontae Parker. The Dolphins look terrible. Uh, real quick, guys, 10 seconds each. 
Is Ajayi a buy, sell, or hold? Will, we'll start with you. Uh, buy. They look terrible this time last year. I mean, give, give it a guess. If Don't overpay, but for, for sure buy. All right, Nathan? Don't buy now, sell in two weeks. Go buy now and then sell in two weeks, that what you said? Don't buy now, sell in two weeks if you have them. Oh, okay. So he's a, he's a sell for you, but not, not for two more weeks. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Ryan? Can I just copy what Nathan said? Because I, I think that makes a lot of sense. I wait till he, he flashes and then sell him because I, I've never been high on a Jay. I, I, I like the idea of waiting until he, he gets a little bit more value back and sell him. Now we're going to play a game we're calling Buy or Sell. <laughs> it's an original name, isn't it? <laughs> uh, but we're going to quickly go through some guys um, that really are at the front of our heads this week. Guys, we think you should go out and either buy or guys, you better sell or you're going to regret it. Uh, so, Will, who's a guy that you either want to buy because if you don't buy now, you're going to regret it for the rest of your life or a guy that you want to sell and get a King's Ransom for? I mean, I would for sure regret this for, you know, at least a few years if it works out well, if I didn't buy. And my first person up who I wanted to talk about and – Super popular person on the waiver wire and redraft leagues, but it's Aaron Jones. And I get that. I, I you know, I, I typically try my best to try uh, to talk about people who aren't as popular on redraft waiver wires and dynasty leagues and things like that. But my honest opinion is that this is the chance that he's he's going to get. And if you believed anything in Aaron Jones and his his preseason evaluation, his draft evaluation, his combine, things like that, if if you didn't invest him in redraft and then again in dynasty at this moment. Uh, you may have missed out. He's going to get his shot right here. Ty Montgomery has several broken ribs. They say he's practicing. It's a pain tolerance thing. But, man, like, you know, when are you going to trust somebody playing with broken, like, broken ribs? It's so hard. And he is the – he's like the firecracker. He is going to be the running back that they want in that offense. The one thing – the few things I wanted to point out really quick about Aaron Jones was, one, uh, he didn't go to the NFL early. He stayed for his senior year because he got hurt his junior year. So his senior year, he went for seven or 1,700 yards, 17 touchdowns. Uh, he had 233 yards receiving and three touchdowns. He's 5'9", 208. So he's a decent BMI. He has a huge college production. He went to UTEP. It's a good – you know, it's not the, the, the best conference in the world. It's not the biggest deal. But, you know, Kareem Hunt also didn't play in the, the biggest conference in the world. He wasn't the biggest deal. Uh, he gets often mentioned on – Websites like, like Roto World saying that he's the spark freak, and, but he's not really. He, he finished in the 50th percentile. He's just – he is good at football, and he is my buy now, and he's my big-time buyer or the person I want to talk about because I'm fully buying into Aaron Jones' opportunity at this moment, including that Aaron Rodgers said something nice about him, leaving him in the preseason, and now that he's playing, and he said something nice about them. Aaron Rodgers runs that team, and so give me all the Aaron Jones I can get. Interesting take because you're not necessarily hearing that um, in the dynasty community. Trey, what do you think about that take, Aaron Jones? Yeah, he's not. I mean, he's not a guy that I really uh, have paid much attention to. You know, he was drafted at the end of the fifth round. He was actually the second running back that they drafted in Green Bay. I, I don't want anybody in that backfield. I was a proponent for selling uh, Ty Montgomery with all the uh, just that unreal love he was getting earlier on in the season and then the usage you know I mean I had mentioned to a couple different people that I mean he was being used his snap percentage was leading the NFL among running backs by 
quite a wide margin. He was, on, I think, on the field for almost 90% of snaps for Green Bay. Um, you know, I don't think that they're going to have a very good running game. I do think that it could end up being more of a committee. Once Montgomery's back, I think he's going to be um, – I think they're going to, you know, turn over the bulk of the carries to him. The biggest thing probably as far as Aaron Jones is if waivers have already run – in a dynasty league, if he's already rostered, whoever owns him is going to probably want a king's ransom. I mean, I feel like if you could get him for, you know, a 2018 third, which there's just no way he could be a buy, but I just don't. Um, Aaron Jones isn't the guy that really um, does anything for me unless he's close to free, which given the chance he might get here to have a crack at the starting running back there um, is I don't think anybody's going to sell him for anything less than probably a first. I mean, I, mean, I don't know. Would it? You guys think that you could buy him for a second in a dynasty league right now? I don't know that you could. Uh, probably not. Probably not. Um, uh, but maybe he's a guy you could get in in a package deal, like like some that someone will throw in to uh, you know to close a deal. Um, when, when I look at my rookie ranks when I when I graded those guys out, I liked Aaron Jones much more than than Williams, so I I, I do like him. But yeah, I, I don't know that I I want to go out and you know spend what I have to spend to to get him. Um, why don't we move on, Trey? What, what about one of your guys? What's a, what's a, what's that guy? You got a couple of buys, I think, right? I do. Yeah. The first guy that I'll mention, and this is a guy that probably, I probably wouldn't buy right now. I probably would continue to watch him. Um, and I'd continue to just kind of see how he does. I think the biggest reason that Sterling Shepard, you might have a tough time buying him is, um, in week three, he kind of, um, went off. And, and had a massive game. He, he took a 77-yard touch on the house. As a matter of fact, you know, um, half of his production this season uh, came in that week three. I think he was like seven catches for 130 yards and a touchdown. Um, but he's a guy that had some pretty solid production last year. Brandon Marshall's there, um, Odell Beckham. And those two guys are both, I think, in the top 20 or top 21 of the league in targets. Uh, but Brandon, I don't expect Brandon Marshall to be there very long. So um, Sterling Shepard is a guy moving forward. If, if the owner of Sterling Shepard is facing bye weeks or running into some injury concerns where, you know, you could, you could swap out a veteran, um, someone that uh, could offer a little bit more production for that owner now, I think Sterling Shepard is a guy that could be a really, really solid wide receiver, wide receiver too moving forward, um, especially in PPR formats. I, I really like him. Um, moving forward. Okay, interesting. Will, what, what, what do you think about that? What do you think about Shepard? Yeah, I, so I'm, I'm, I, I like Shepard quite a bit, and in the Giants' offense and and how it's going to be moving forward. He's, he's I think uh, a lot of a lot of last year, he had eight touchdowns, like 800 yards. Like he was a little bit boosted up by that. So. Don't, I just wouldn't be shocked if he has a little bit of a down year this year comparatively if he doesn't like outproduce his stats last year. That offense is just kind of finding itself. Uh, I actually, you know, if you look at it and if you look at like Eli Manning and, and the way he's worked, that, that offense, it usually takes Eli Manning like two good games in a row to finally like light it up. And so I think it would be very interesting the way that offense goes the rest of the season, but I don't think Sterling Shepard is the person I'm buying in for the rest of the season this year redraft. I think I'd rather take Brandon Marshall. Uh, this year, the rest of the season over Sterling Shepard, but in Dynasty, I think he's. A, I mean, if you can get him for a good price, love Sterling Shepard. Yeah, I like Shepard too. I think that's the question: What would he cost you? 
I've got one for you guys that I think you could get pretty dirt cheap. And, and this, this guy is Kendall Wright. Um, and the reason I'm throwing him out there is because of really because of Mitchell Trubisky. He's going to start Monday night. I don't think we're going to see Glennon at all this year. Hopefully not. Knock on wood because uh, he's awful. And I think that Trubisky is going to be uh, at least a solid NFL quarterback. And I think he's going to elevate the play of those Chicago wide receivers. And, and granted, they have nothing. But they do have Kendall Wright. And Kendall Wright in the past, you know, he's got the draft pedigree. And he's you know, shown some signs of being this viable fantasy wide receiver. Um, you know, if you look at his second year in the league, he caught uh, 94 balls for over 1,000 yards, only two touchdowns. Um, you know, the, the next year, he only caught 57 balls, but he scored six touchdowns. So I think that Kendall Wright could be a wide receiver three flex guy. You could probably get him for, you know, maybe, maybe even like a third-round pick, uh, maybe, a, maybe a fourth-round pick. Um, so I, I think he's worth a shot because I don't think Chicago has anything else. I mean, I know you got to be careful about that logic. They've got to throw the ball to somebody. But it's going to be tight ends. It's going to be Cohen. And, and maybe Kendall Wright. What do you guys think of, of Kendall Wright as a really, really, really buy low? <laughs> I don't disagree. I mean, I, I think I like the logic, especially like you said, when, you, when you're talking about th- these are end of roster kind of guys. I'm, I'm guessing Kendall Wright's probably rostered. I doubt he's on many, many waiver wires, um, especially in redraft. If, if you're, um, depending on how deep your bench is, I think he's a guy that you could stash. So, yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with that at all. I think that uh, any time that you get a quarterback change for an offense um, and, and there's no um, easily identifiable number one receiver, um, whoever that Trubisky ends up kind of developing a rapport with as his number one target could have some significant value. Will, any, any Kendall Wright thoughts, or do you want to move on to your next guy? Uh, I'll just give it up. I'm just not buying into Kendall Wright. I mean, I would if you can pick him up for free, that's great. <laughs> yeah, you can give him a shot, but in general, I just don't – it's just hard to see in the Bears passing offense that there, that he – to be worth a future asset. Sure. No, I understand. And, and I, I would give no more than a third, and, and maybe that's even a stretch. No, I mean, I, just if you could get him for cheap. If there's somebody that needs to throw some roster spot, space. But, yeah, and like redraft PPR, sure. The, the wild card, uh, if, you, if, you can, if you can hold him on your bench, I mean, why not? It, it's not the quarterback plays aren't getting worse. So. This is true. Who's your next guy? Uh, so it's funny because it wasn't like a buy or sell on my end. It's just something I want to talk about that I'm worried about on both ends, season and redraft, was Martavis Bryant. So this year, through four games, 10 catches on 23 targets, 183 yards, and one touchdown. He's the 46th wide receiver in half-point PPR. He's under a cheap contract through 2018. They can basically cut him at no cost. Uh, Juju Smith-Suster, been, been, he's been using the red zone. He's at 14 targets, eight catches, 102 yards, and wasn't used in the first game. But long story short is uh, I have some major concerns about Martavis Bryant. And I, I got him in a couple of places uh, with what I'm doing. But in general, I wanted to really get your guys' opinion on top of like, a, my, like my concern or my thing is I had Martavis Bryant and I can get a good deal for him. Uh, I'm selling. And I want to get your guys' take on that. Uh, coming into the year, I really loved him in redraft leagues. And I have him in a lot of redraft leagues. Um, but not so much in Dynasty. And, and the big thing for me is just his history because basically if he messes up again, he could be out of the league. And that, that's what makes me worried about Martavis Bryant. And now on top of that, yeah, you have his performance this year. He hasn't 
um, you know, flash those big games that, that we were hoping for. So I'm, I'm with you, Will. I think if you can get, you know, any value for him, you, you, you should sell him. Um, and in dynasty in particular, I think in a redraft, I still have hope. I don't think I would, I would try to get rid of him. but, but in dynasty, absolutely. I mean, the next game he flashes, sell, sell, sell. I, I totally am, am with you on that take. Trey, what, what do you think about, uh, Martavis? Yeah, hundred percent. You just said it. The next big game he has, the problem with Martavis Bryant is unless your roster is just stock full of solid guys that you can count on week in and week out, he's basically going to be the kind of guy that can lose you a week. I don't know that he's going to have many games. I mean, Big Ben just doesn't look like the Big Ben I think we've been used to over the years. Um, that offense is not nearly as explosive as it has been in, in the past, um, even in some of these juicy and, and home matchups where Roethlisberger's tended to thrive. On top of that, Juju Smith-Schuster is a guy you just mentioned, and I'll kind of turn this into a little bit of a buy on Juju. He's a guy that I think has a promising future. He's only 20 years old. Um, you know, Ryan McDowell, I just recently looked at his ranking. He's got Juju ranked as his 36th wide receiver. Um, and the, the flashes that he's shown, the looks that he's getting in that offense um, over Martavius, I think, are kind of telling. So I'm 100%. The next time that Martavis catches a 50 or 60-yard touchdown and, and puts up a decent week, I would sell him for whatever you could get for him. Um, the, the, you know, substance issues are sworn to be behind him. But even then, I, I just don't know that he's really worth. There was a lot of hype that was kind of being built around him. Um, so he, he's not necessarily a guy. I don't own him anywhere. Um, but if I did, I'd be looking to sell him if I could. If he had uh, so in, Dy- in Dynasty Half Point, you take in Chris Hogan for Martavis Bryant? You know, I probably would. I'd pro- because, I mean, Chris Hogan – I think he's a wide receiver one right now. And, you know, to be honest with you, I don't know that I see that changing the rest of this season. So you're telling me that I got a guy that could put up and I know that Hogan's going to have some big games and, but, but I mean, I feel like Hogan's big games are going to be, you know, seven catches, 90 yards and two touchdowns, three touchdowns, you know, playing with Tom Brady. So I I feel like that um, if I'm a win now team here, here's how I would say if I'm a win now team, I would probably do that trade. Um, if, if I were, you know, um, out of it or I thought I was in a little bit of a rebuilding mode, I probably wouldn't sell Martavis for Chris Hogan. I'd try to get a future pick or, you know, try to get some of, some of these rookies that haven't flashed yet. Maybe add something to Martavis and try and get Corey Davis. I mean, maybe the Corey Davis owner is super sound. That, that may be shooting a bit high um, because Corey Davis is, I think, still held in high regards. But um, you know, maybe find someone you could buy low on and after Martavis has a big week. What do you I'm think, try- Ryan? Hogan oh, or Brian for you? I'm trying, I'm trying to buy and redraft for the record. Uh, I think that his first four weeks have been pretty terrible, and that person is pretty sour on that, on Martavis. And it's like uh, if, if there's – you try to get people that they're cheapest. And either he's, he's, at, he's at his cheapest or he's droppable basically at this moment. So – yeah, yeah. Try to get back to your question, Hogan or Martavis. I, I think it probably depends on your situation. Um, you know, I, I don't know that I would sell Martavis for Hogan straight up. But if I were con- contending and I wanted to be aggressive, yeah, I think you're right about Hogan. I mean, uh, you know, he's going to have some duds. I think. I think in that New England offense, I don't know. If there's anyone other than maybe Gronk you can rely on consistently week to week. And of course, with Gronk, he might get injured. But um, yeah, I, I do like Hogan 
as a guy that kind of a sneaky guy you could get and he might help win you a, a dynasty league it's, it's certainly possible um for the sake of time i want to speed things up a little bit um trey why don't you you talk about uh one, one more guy that uh it's a buy for you right we're gonna talk about yeah. Alan robinson yeah, this is a huge buy. And it's kind of funny because I have him in one league that I feel like I um, am going to be really competitive for the title this year. And because I have some depth, I may actually end up selling him if I can get uh, something of value for him. But across the board, I would encourage you to buy Allen Robinson between now and the end of the season. And honestly, gauge the interest now with the Allen Robinson owner if it's someone that feels like they want to add someone to make a run. Allen Robinson is an incredible talent. His biggest downside was being tied to Blake Bortles and the Jacksonville Jaguars passing offense. But this is a guy that put up 1,400 yards and 14 touchdowns in a monstrous sophomore campaign, had a very disappointing season last year, um, didn't hardly play anything this year. So I think probably the Allen Robinson owner, after having a disappointing season last year, and an injury this year is probably going to be willing to sell him at a discounted price. Allen Robinson, who knows where he's going to end up next year. Maybe he comes back to Jacksonville now that they've got Leonard Fournette and have a, a defense. I think maybe, you know, it's really kind of a shame the way they've turned that team around that we didn't get a chance to see how he'd do this year with them. But I think Allen Robinson is an incredible talent with huge upside. Two words, duh, bears. I think Allen Robinson would really fit in well in Chicago. Mitchell Trubisky to Allen Robinson. I love it. Uh, Will, what, what do you think about A-Rob? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I can up, up, up that take. I, it's, it's, hard. it's hard because you go a huge year in a lot of garbage time to a, a, a poor year in an offense. It's, it's generally bad. And then uh, they start turning things around and now he's gone and uh, – you know, I, I guess like I, at worst, I'd hold. You know, at best, uh, you know, try to get so, something decent out of him. Man, it just sucks that Allen Robinson isn't playing this year, and he's a second round pick, so he can't. He's not going to get that. Like, you know, he doesn't get that fifth year option, and so they can do what they can with him. Uh, but I think he's I, my guess. If I were guessing right now, he's not going to be the Jaguars next year. Yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah, he's a he's a big buy for me. And I think it's that perfect storm. It's two years in a row, right? He had this disappointing year a few years ago, and then this year he's injured. So I, I think if someone's held him for a couple of years, they may be like, all right, well, it's time to move on. Um, the guy's got incredible talent. I, I think he's a big buy for me too. Um, Plus Jacksonville is going to invest in that offensive line. Let him for an is going to be a beast. Yeah. yeah that, <laughs> Sorry. No, it's my no, love for Leonard Fournette coming out. No, I think it's true. I think it's true. So um, – I think we should just do uh, – well, one of ours we kind of share, so so I'll go ahead and take him and we can both talk about him. And, and we were just talking about this um, before we started recording, and that's Tyreek Hill. And you guys were talking to me about some deals that you've seen involving Hill. That just blew me away. I own Ty- Tyreek Hill in, in a dynasty league, and had I known what I could get for him, I would have been shopping him actively. So you guys want to talk about Tyreek Hill, uh, what we think about him in dynasty, and, and you know, kind of what he is because – it's, it's amazing. Trey, what, what, do you, what do you think about Tyreek Hill? Yeah, I think so. Tyreek Hill is a guy coming into the season I wasn't really sure about. Um, but as the, the season's gone on, he's kind of be, begun to show that he is kind of who I thought he was. And that's a guy that on some weeks 
he's going to burn the defense for a 60-yard touchdown, and he's going to score 20 points, and he may win you that week. And then the weeks where he doesn't do that, um, he's going to get some catches, but he's not a real high-volume guy. He's kind of more of a little bit of a quirky guy. He's obviously highly reliant on his top-end speed. So he's a guy, and, and you just referenced the trade. and It's in a league that all three of us are in. And um, recently Tyreek Hill was traded for T.Y. Hilton. And uh, for me, I think that's a perfect example of Tyreek Hill being sold at peak value. He's the wide receiver eight right now in full PPR. Um, so he's a wide receiver one. And, and T.Y. Hilton is obviously suffering significantly uh, due to the absence of um, Andrew Luck. But he also led the, rece- led the NFL in receiving yards last year. So um, if I had Tyreek Hill, as a matter of fact, I joked around and said I sold Tyreek Hill for and, and Carlos Hyde for a couple of first round picks. If I could have, you know, sold Tyreek Hill for T.Y. T- Hilton, man, sign me up. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, Will, what, what do you what do you think about Tyreek Hill? You're, you're you're with us, right? He's a, he's a guy to to sell now. Well, I, I just don't. I think you're discounting yourself if you sell him now. Like, what are you getting a first round pick for next year in Tyreek Hill? What's the end goal there? If you have like decent running backs, you picked up Tyreek Tyreek Hill on the cheap uh, in the dynasty league. The ten, the 10 team, I picked him up on the waiver wire, ended up selling him, and man, do I regret that. So the Kansas City Chiefs off, offense is evolving. He's been a lot more of big plays. He's been taking out special teams, and he's still a wide receiver eight. Like, this is I, – I feel like you're – like, it's just – it's failed to see the significance of how well Tyreek Hill is doing in this offense. I get that he's not super target heavy, but the Kansas City, Kansas City Chiefs are good, and he's being targeted, and then on top of that – they're going to get a dude who has a, a, a rifle for an arm in the future. And you want to talk about rapport with a wide receiver moving in the future, Tyreek Hill. And, uh, oh, man, I'm going to miss the name. Pat here. Mahomes. Yeah. Pat Mahomes, who can throw the ball a quarter mile over the mountains. That's a, I, mean, I just feel like, why, why sell him? I get T.Y. Hilton's like a huge buy. Like that's, I mean, just probably a poor deal because T.Y. Hilton's like a star. And you haven't seen that from Tyreek. But – for for me, it's uh, you know, you know, if you get him cheaper than than Ty Hilton, I think people are discounting him because they think that 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 offense isn't that good, and it it's a mistake that I've made in the past. I won't make it in the future. Oh man, the passion, will the passion? Wow. Um. All right, I- interesting. So I'll throw out a couple of names. Uh, who would you rather have? Would you rather have uh, Jordy or, or Tyreek Hill? Might depend on if you're a contender or not. Let's say you're a contender. Jordy or Tyreek Hill? Well, I'd rather have – oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Trey. Um, I'd rather have Jordy. Although if I were trading Tyreek Hill, I would expect to get something on top of Jordy because Jordy does not have a lot of time left. But um, if I, you know, push came to shove, the guy that I'd want in my lineup – I mean – uh, Jordy is going to put up wide receiver one numbers most weeks. Um, whereas, like I said, Ty, Tyreek Hill is kind of going to be dependent on those, those long touchdowns. So I, I'd take Jordy there. Will, Jordy, Tyreek Hill. Uh, the thing I'll give is uh, Tyreek Hill is a wide receiver one. Why are, people, why are we missing this? It's, it's hard for me. He finished super high last year after not doing anything in the beginning of the year and then blew up. Uh, and I, I, of course, redraft Jordy for the year. I'll, I'll He's going to outproduce Tyreek, but it's just why, why is Tyreek being so hardcore discounted? Uh, I, think, I think that's a totally – I mean, obviously, in, uh, in, in Dynasty, you're going to want a little bit of something because Jordy Prey is like this year and then maybe, maybe next year left as an effective receiver, but that's about it. Uh, okay, I have a better one then. 
Keenan Allen, Tyreek Hill, Trey. Yeah, I would take Keenan Allen in that instance. I love Keenan Allen. I own him in a lot of places. I mean, he's the injury injury prone label was you know uh, kind of put on Keenan Allen after the last couple of seasons have been cut short, short by injury. He's come right back. He's resumed his role as as a target monster there um, in LA. He he's more of a traditional. He he's a guy that I feel like is going to be you know like this past week. I think Tyreek had like five catches for thirty five yards. There's just not many games where Keenan Allen's going to put up those. Keenan Allen's a 100-catch kind of guy. He, he's the kind of guy I'd much rather have in my lineup, a much more solid – you know, he's going he's gonna, to – not too many weeks that he's going to really cost you a week, but he, yet, yet he still has the potential, Keenan Allen does, to, you know, have a monstrous week and, and win you the week. So I'd take Keenan over Tyreek in Dynasty. Will, Keenan or, or Hill? Uh, in, full, in full point, I'd take uh, Keenan in half point. I'd take Tyreek. Okay. So how many more receptions does Keenan Allen have versus Tyreek Hill this year? They both have played four games. Um, I would guess probably f- at least maybe five or six. Uh, I, well, because I have Tyreek pulled up. It's not necessarily fair. Uh, I think Keenan has like a dozen more. Keenan Allen only has three more receptions than Tyreek Hill, guys. And finally, uh, Will, the most important player we're going to talk about, go. So I grabbed Justin Tucker in any league that the, in this year uh, where there was a kicker, and I paid probably $2 an auction draft or reached to get him in the second-to-last round over a defense, and it has been horrible. And I've been thinking about this lately because I – I feel like it, it, it's darn near truth, a Justin, Tru- Justin Tucker truther. It's made out of me because I've held on to him through his terribleness. And at this point in time, I'm giving him this week or he's droppable. I get that good kickers are hard, are hard to let go of because he lit up the scoreboard last year with long field goals, especially there's bonus points for that. But at this point in time, if the Ravens don't fix it and he doesn't kick some, some nice – Long field goals, I am done, and he is droppable for streaming. Yeah, there's a new king of the mountain, gentlemen, and it's Greg Zerline, who has easily dominated the kicker position this year. <laughs> so do whatever you can to get Zerline. If, you, if you've got to sell Le'Veon Bell, do it. Greg Zerline is the, the kicker premium league. <laughs> the kicker premium league. Go out and get Mr. Greg Zerline. Um, uh, guys, we're going to move into the next segment. It's a new segment that we introduced last week, and it is called our Twitter, Twitter follow of the week. We're just going to spend a minute on this one tonight. Uh, we're trying to get Will up to speed on Twitter. We're trying to get him to follow the best and the brightest in uh, fantasy football. Uh, we're trying to get him to know his Twitter handle, which is Will. Uh, fantasy Joe's underscore Will. Nailed it. So tonight, I didn't say ad, but it'll get there. <laughs> so now, tonight we're going to talk about um, Ryan McDowell's Twitter uh, account. That's at RyanMC23. And he tweeted this, uh, which I thought was interesting. Let's talk just very briefly about this. Week four tight end ones pending M- uh, Monday Night Football. Um, you had Croft at number one, Braid at number two, Derby at number three, Clay number four, O.J. Howard number five, Zach Ertz number six, Evan Ingram number seven, Gronk, number eight, Jimmy Graham, number nine, Austin Hooper, 10, Bennett, nine, and of course, Mr. Hannah and number 12. 
Uh, Kelsey and Vernon Vernon Davis snuck in there after Monday Night Football. What do we make of the the tight end position, guys? I mean, are there tight ends that aren't on this list that we we should go out and grab a dynasty? What do you make of tight ends? Do we just not care about it? Do we just plug in whoever we have on our dynasty rosters and just roll with it? Or do we really care about the tight end position? Uh, You have any thoughts, Trey? I think the the tight end position is – one of the most difficult positions to predict on a week to week basis. I think once the entire season kind of shakes out, there's a little bit more clarity. You always have a few surprises here and there, but the volatility week to week is so tough. Um, so especially in dynasty leagues, I actually have a couple leagues where I'm, I'm looking at my rosters and seeing bye weeks coming up and I look at the fill in and I'm like, man, I, you know, the guy that I got to fill in is not really that great. And so I've, I floated a couple of offers to try and buy a couple of these mid-tier um, tight ends. And, um, you know, people are, you know, not really wanting to let go of them. I think that um, tight ends are a weird position in the NFL right now. Um, so unless you own a, a, a Gronk or a Kelsey or an Ertz, I mean, he's got to be in that conversation. Um, of course, Olsen's hurt. I, I think that it's, it's just kind of a crapshoot on what you're going to get week to week. Hopefully – you own a guy like Clay and a guy like Witten where you can, you know, just rock it out. Indeed, indeed. Just make sure you pick the right one from week to week. <laughs> uh, to let the listeners in on this, we, we all share a team in a league where we have both gentlemen, and we seem to start the wrong one every week. Uh, Will, what's your philosophy on tight ends? I mean, what do you do? Do you ignore that position on your, on your rosters and just plug in whoever? Do you – pay a premium for the Gronk Kelsey's of the world. What do you do with the tight ends? In Dynasty? Well, in, in Dynasty, I had been collecting uh, just Greg Olson because he was just like a tried and true, pretty cheap uh, asset. And that, and I really like Jimmy Graham as far as the future goes, but if you're just completely discounting tight end and not paying attention to it, you're missing out on an opportunity to win weeks. And Dynasty, although it's long-term, is still a week-by-week game, and that's the way the season goes. And if you can, you can kind of figure out how to do this, and stream people within your dynasty league, it's, it, it could be a big benefit. The, the one thing that I'd give is it's, uh, you know, I feel like it's, a, it's a, been kind of a Gronk and Ertz year. You know, Kelsey, Kelsey's been kind of going the way of, uh, you know, that, that tight end that like, disappears for a couple games has been really hard to start week after week. So basically, I mean, I, I think the best idea you can do is, is Gronk or bust. Yeah, you know, Kelsey is still number three overall. Um, uh, yeah, but you're right. He's had a couple of great games and a couple of really bad games, if if memory serves. Uh, so definitely a frustrating guy to uh, to own. But I think that he's going to be the focal point, one of the focal points in that Kansas City offense, and that Kansas City offense is is ascending, as we've talked about. Um, yeah, I think you raise a good point. I think in the with the tight end position, you know, I, I, to me it's kind of like what Nathan Powell was talking about earlier with with running backs. You either go for the elite running backs or you go for those you know, pass catching running backs that might get a bigger role as the year goes on. So I think for tight ends, it's kind of the same thing. I think you either, you know, try to get the Gronks and Kelsey's of the world, or you just kind of string it together. You just kind of play the waiver wire or just get a couple of, you know, maybe three tight ends and you play matchups. Um, that, that's what I'm thinking. But I, I thought that that tweet was really interesting and, and, and thought provoking about the leading tight ends, the tight end ones of, uh, of week number four. Well, I think Gronk ended up finishing finishing one out of that. Or sorry, sorry, Kelsey ended up finishing one out of that, right? Yeah, I mean, this was pre Monday night, and so Kelsey, um, I'm not sure if he was one, but he was definitely top three of of the week. He might have been number one, and then even Vernon Davis snuck in. I think he was number ten, if memory serves. 
um, last week? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is just pay attention. If you don't, if you don't have uh, Gronk, I think Kelsey is totally startable tight end every week. I was kind of giving, giving, giving Trey a shot there, saying that he's, you know, he's kind of like boom or bust. Maybe not even worth starting every week compared to Gronk. But uh, at the end of the day, it's it's a position where you can you can take a win, and it's really it's your league settings. So it's like it's like streaming defenses or streaming tight ends or trying to you know trying to get this going. It, that isn't absent in dynasty leagues. And now it's time, of course, for everyone's favorite segment. Yes, that's right, everybody. It's the hot, bold, spicy takes of the week. Um, you might recall last week that we started a new thing where we're having a competition with the hot, bold, spicy takes. And it's my pleasure to report the results of last week. It turns <laughs> out that Rota Librarian, yes, me, Ryan Livergood, I am in the lead with eight total points, two correct takes. I called that uh, Tariq Cohen would outscore Ty Montgomery, and granted, there was an injury there, so I got a little bit lucky, but he did that score. Soft win. And that was good enough for a uh, habanero, uh, three points. But then my, my, uh, my, my coup d'etat, my piece de resistance last week, the Bills over the Atlanta Falcons. I called it. They did it. And that was a Carolina Reaper, Reaper take. And I'll take the five points. I'll take the eight-point lead, gentlemen. Mm. Um, we had some good takes last week, though, guys, that just didn't come through. Trey called Chris Carson scoring 18-plus points in half points. Uh, he also called Devontae Parker breaking out 20-plus points. Will had Jordan Matthews getting his first touchdown, which he was right, but he also had Jordan Matthews finishing as a top 15 wide receiver in half points. And Adam Thielen leading all wide receivers yardage-wise after week four. He was very close there. Uh, Stephon Diggs has 391 yards. Antonio Brown, 388 yards, and Thielen, uh, third place, 358 yards. So, gentlemen, we, we, had, a, we had a pretty good week, actually. Um, I had a very good week. And uh, we're going to talk more, about more hot, bold, spicy takes. So, uh, I'm not going to go first because uh, I'm going to save the good stuff for later. Um, <laughs> I knew. <laughs> well, we got, we got to do something. About I mean, can we rewind two? Can we rewind two weeks when I was king of the castle? Like T.Y. Hilton just crushing it. Like you got you got to brag while you can, guys. I know it's short lived. I mean, this may be the only time I get a chance to brag. So, uh, so Trey, Trey, he really started this out this year by calling the Chiefs over the. Um, uh, New England Patriots. I just about said Detroit Patriots. What's wrong with me? I'm just too excited, <laughs> Trey. <What? laughs> Detroit, don't they wish they had the Patriots? Um, it's that I, I love you, Lions fans. It's the, it's the, it's the Carolina Reaper. <laughs> yeah. My mouth is on fire. I'm sorry. Trey, what's going on? What, what's your first uh, first top bold spicy take of the week? All right. First, first uh, spicy take of the week is going to – I'm going to go Thursday night football here. So we're going we're gonna to find out about this one within the next 24 hours. And uh, my take is that Jameis Winston in a juicy matchup against that uh, New England Patriots defense is actually going to outperform the GOAT, Tom Brady, on Thursday night football in a standard scoring, which for us is four point per passing touchdown. So I think that Jameis Winston will score more fantasy points in tomorrow night's game than Tom Brady. I have a question about that. Um, do interceptions and fumbles count as negative points for Jameis Winston? Yes. So here's what we'll do. We could just say, so all three of us are in the league of ballers. So we'll just say for official scoring purposes, we'll use league of baller scoring. 
It's four-point passing touchdown, and it's negative two points for any turnovers. All right. So for new listeners, what, what Will and I will do is we will grade the take on five levels of heat. We've got banana pepper. We've got jalapeno, habanero, ghost pepper, and the hottest of all, Carolina Reaper. So, Will, what do you think of uh, Trey's take? How would you uh, – what what heat level would you give to it? Oh, I'm and and, and uh, I, I basically I'm sorry, Trey, but it's a jalapeno in my book. It's, uh, <laughs> that that Patriots defense is just horrible. I mean, that was Cam Newton's get right game, right? Like he outscored Tom Brady in four points for a passing touchdown, and that was the Panthers. And we're looking at a great, this is pretty good Tampa offense. So. I, 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 I'm just sorry. I have to call opinion on to the step two. All right. Yeah. And I think I'll, I'll go with that too. Cause, and I only give it a jalapeno basically because um, we know how um, turnover prone Jameis Winston is and that's, what's going to hurt him with that. And, 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 you know, Tom Brady is, uh, is, is pretty, pretty unbelievable. I mean, I might even go habanero because of how much Jameis turns over the ball, but, but we have to come to a consensus Will, are you willing to go up to habanero or are you going to stick with jalapeno? No, I'm tired of giving soft pepper ratings. That's how we got stuck with Carolina Reaper last week with the Bills <laughs> being the Falcons. All right, fine. Jalapeno it is. And especially it's one versus one. Like, you know, if it, it's, uh, there's, there's a lot of variance in one versus one. So that, that, I guess that's where it goes. Like, uh, but, uh, I, I mean, I hope so. I kind of would like to see the Patriots as a two and three team. That'd be super fun for – the NFL fans that aren't Patriots fans, which is like 70, maybe 80% of America. It's funny. Cause I almost tag team. I'm not going to, I'm just leaving it as this take. Cause I'm, I'm pretty convinced it's going to happen, but I almost tag team this on and included a take on Doug Martin. Cause I think he's going to have a pretty, pretty big week this week. Um, and then I, there was a part of me that was wanting to even predict the bucks upset over the Patriots as a part of this. But then I was kind of like, ah, I'm not sure I'm going to not sure I want to pick the Patriots to lose two games in a row right yet. Belichick's Belichick's not, not used to losing two in a row very often. He's and not. That's when we get jalapeno. Yeah. He's not though. It's a short week though. And they're going down to Tampa. You never know. Yeah. I think it'll be an entertaining game. It's definitely going to be worth watching. One of the, the more, um, you know, Thursday games I'm more excited about this year. Will, what's your first hot take? Uh, so I'm, uh, my, my first hot take of uh, the week is going to be uh, Mr. Mr. Jay Cutler, Mr. Wildcat uh, Superman. Jay Cutler is going to throw for three touchdowns this week against the Titans. Okay. Um, do I have to go first on uh, – see, because I'm conflicted here, Will. You're, you're actually playing games with me because I think you're going for like this – Carolina Reaper, because you know how I feel about Jay Cutler, and you know that, like in my mind, I want to say, "Oh, come on, look at how he's played." It's it's Jay Cutler, but at the end of the day, uh, can we? Can, well, this is a this game's in Miami, right? Can we verify that? I'll verify that. It's in Miami. I've, so I've been wrong in the past on a uh, <laughs> a Tennessee Seahawks thing where I might just like say, and I said it was in at home for Seahawks. But anyway, so the the home way, I'll defer to you. Yeah, it, it's it's in. Uh, it's in Miami. It's, it's at Hard Rock Stadium, which is in Miami Gardens, Florida. And, uh, um, you know, Miami, they actually have one of the worst – I think they have one of the worst home field advantages in, in the league. 
and there's some great Dolphins fans. I used to I used to work in, in the Miami Dade area and I lived there. So hello, Dolphins fans. I love you, but but you don't always come out and uh, and rock your home stadium as you, as you should. Um, Dog me smoking cigarettes, wearing wearing Jay Cuddy jerseys, cheering them on. So I, for I three Tuddies. He's going to throw three of them. Like, JJ might, might house one, but that Titans D is awful. Yeah. And their strength potentially is against the run. So. Yeah, but, but you're arguing – so you're arguing for me to give you, like, a banana pepper then by, by throwing out those stats, right? I but, mean, sure. I mean, Jay Cutler's, like, what, throwing for, like, a half a touchdown this year? Well, you know, Deshaun Watson just lit them up, you know, the rookie. And, and so, I, I don't know. What do you, I'm going to defer to Trey here. I want to be fair because I have this bias against uh, Jay Cutler. So, Trey, what do you think about that? Well, so I just mentioned this earlier. I think that Devontae Parker has a chance of a big game this week. You know, I think that the Titans right now are, like, allowing the fifth-best quarterback rating against them. You know, Adam Gaze is a very proud um, and offensive-minded coach. So I could see this as a big get-right game for them. So, I, I mean, I would say probably it's, a, it's between banana and, and jalapeno for me. Because I think any time, I mean, the the wait, know. wait, 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 wait. So, so, so it's more likely that Jay Cutler throws for two, three touchdowns and Jameis Winston outscores Tom Brady. Probably. I mean, it's it, three touchdowns in an NFL game is not really that that big of a deal. I mean, it's you know, it's not like it's done every single week. But I think that this is a great matchup. If it were a if it were against a top ten passing defense. Then I think, but I mean, I just don't know that. Um, I don't know that um, it would shock me at all if Jay Cutler were to so throw. So, in your guys' opinion, Jay Cutler is going to be a top ten QB this week. I didn't say that. That was my opinion. Well, if you're going but banana pepper, I feel like that's what you're saying. Well, it's still a hot take. I mean, we're you know, it's still a still a hot take. I, I, I'm going to up it to to jalapeno. So I I think if you look at what Jay Cutler's done this year, I mean, the guy in three games has thrown. Two touchdown passes. So you know, you guys are awful. You know, jalapeno for me, Trey. Can we can we compromise there? Yeah, yeah. I'll accept jalapeno, but it's bitterly. (laughs) We're gonna get we're getting mean with each other. We're getting mean with each other. I think we're all gonna be like banana pepper jalapeno takes at this point. So I'm nervous about what you guys are gonna say about this first one of of mine. Um, I I think it's rather bold. I think that Thomas Rawls is an RB one this week. Uh, that that's what I think. That's my hot, bowl, my first hot bowl spicy take. Um, and, 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 you know, it could be uh, running back by committee. You know, maybe you're going to have Lacey and Rawls split. You know, Rawls has been inactive. But now that Carson's down, let's remember, you know, what Rawls can do. Um, Rawls probably won't make it through the year healthy, but I think at least for one week, one shining moment, he can be an RB1. So that's my, my first hot bowl spicy take. So like so our, we, like our, like top ten, top twelve, half point PPR, at half points and um, no, no, he's he's an RB one, so it's, so top twelve. Oh, that's like what's is there anything lower than banana pepper? Really, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> this is very bitter about this last one. I'll lead it. I'll lead us off here. I, for me, honestly, I I would say that's a habanero because I don't think that first of all. Seattle's offensive line has looked atrocious, absolutely atrocious. Um, game script, and, I mean, they're going on the road to face a Rams team that has looked pretty good. And this is a Rams team that um, I think has surprised a lot of people. They're going to be playing at home. I think this could actually be a really great atmosphere. It's an afternoon, like a 4 o'clock game. And so, you know, 
uh, again, last week, Chris Carson, I thought was going to have a huge week, but that was at home. It was against the Colts. It was a game script call. Um, and ProSize wasn't playing. Rawls, we didn't think would even be active. So I think that, honestly, that Eddie Lacy is likely to touch the ball more than Thomas Rawls in this game. I don't think either of them. I honestly think that um, if you combine the two of their numbers this week, it might not even be running back one number. So I think that's a pretty – to say Rawls will be a top 12 running back this week, I think is a pretty – I think that's that's stepping out there a little bit. So for me, it'd be a habanero. Only a habanero, uh, huh? I think this is like a milk, a milk tank. I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, uh, so for Seattle traveling to, to the Rams – and, and having lived in Seattle, uh, the, the fans travel really well for the for the away games, especially there. And there, it's not like the Rams fans are piling in, but they might be at this point with that Rams team. It's super exciting. So uh, I'll, I'll agree with Habanero. Uh, I, I think that it could it could be so much more, uh, except for it's 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 like a, it's like saying I, it's, it's like so we're getting our first week of like really good running back buys too. So you like Devonta Freeman's out, and you have like the whole Saints team out, like. So there's a higher potential for somebody to finish as a running back one compared to the first three weeks. Uh, let's just say two through four. So I'll I'll take Habanero. I could lean I could lean Ghost Pepper. Could be convinced to it, but at this point in time, I'd I'd rather just like uh, I think that's a good hot take. Like Habanero is too spicy for me to eat. So you guys know with that take. You guys know when the last time. Uh... Rawls was uh, rushed for over 100 yards on the road. He was in high school. <laughs> so, pretty good guess. No, he's, he's, done it, he's done it two times in his career, both back in uh, – Trey, you want to guess? I should have let you guess. No, I, but, I better both, know one of them. But both back in, in 2015. So, oh, Cincinnati. A Cincinnati game, right, 169 yards. And then also at, uh, at Minnesota, week 13, uh, 2015, just, uh, just over 100 yards, 101 yards. So, but I'll, I'll take it. Habanero, I'm happy with that. Um, I believe that Mr. Trey Barrett uh, has the floor for his next hot, bold, spicy take. Yeah. And, and along that, you're talking about, I think the LA is going to really cause some problems for that Seattle offense this weekend. I'm really excited to watch the game. I won't continue to go on and on about that, but I think Aaron Donald and that, that defensive front of um, LA is going to make life very, very difficult for Russell Wilson um, in that game. So, my second uh, hot take, I decided to, you know, the, I saved the spicier of the two for last. Um, I actually went two parts here, so a little more challenging, as Will discovered last week with the Jordan Matthews um, touchdown and top 15. So I am taking Tyrod Taylor here, the, the you know, very regularly underrated both from a fantasy perspective and from an NFL perspective quarterback of the Buffalo Bills. I have Tyrod being a top 12 quarterback this week going into Cincinnati. And again, in a four point, you know, we can use the same league of baller scoring standard scoring top 12 quarterback. And he's going to lead the bills to their second straight road win upset road upset victory. So that, that's, my, that's my take. Tyrod getting it done on the road, second week in a row, and a top 12 quarterback. Hmm. 
Hmm. Okay. Okay. Hmm. So, so you've got two, two things there. And, and, you know, one of them, you know, is, uh, is pretty hot because you're calling for the upset. I mean, uh, Cincinnati, they're uh, two and a half point favorites. Uh, it's at home. Um, I, I think that that's not super hot, but, but Tyra Taylor as the uh, QB one, um, no, I'll, I'll QB one. So like top 12, right? Top 12, top 12. And we've got how many teams on by, uh, I'd have to look that up, but I know. I think there's four. I think there's, there's four teams on by this week. So there's, there's 14 games, 28. The, uh, the Redskins, the Saints, the Falcons, and I don't know. Our last one. Yeah. So, so we're, we're right there. Just those three teams alone. Um, those are, those are three guys that, you know, cousins, um, uh, obviously Breeze, and, uh, you know, those are, those are two guys. Who, oh, and, and obviously Matt Ryan, who, you know, are competitors for that, that QB1. So the competition is a little bit less, so that helps. Um, other team is the Broncos. Of course, Trevor Simeon is, is always a, a QB1. Um, so I don't know. I think, I think it's pretty hot, though. I, I think going into Cincinnati um, on the road, uh, I guess I think I would go habanero because you got you had have to have two things go right because he could be a QB one oh. and they could lose. Will? Uh, my my question <laughs> this is going to go back to you think it's more likely that Jay Cutler throws three touchdown passes than Tyrod Taylor being a QB one and beating the Bengals because I assume those will go hand in hand. I thought we were done talking about Jay Cutler. I just I want to get engaged for like well, where else these things are. I'm okay with Habanero. I totally am. I think that's a very bold take uh, going into that. But I want us to like address a scoring system that is uh, that it's more likely that this happens than Jay Cutler throws three touchdown passes, which would surpass his current touchdown pass total of the year. Anyway, it's for it, just keep that in mind for the next takes. So, so Will, what do you, do you want to say? You want to say habanero? You want to say jalapeno? What do you want to say? I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll go habanero. Yeah, because, well, I, I mean, I, I'm totally, I'm getting, back, I, getting back to the Jay Cutler thing. Let's think about this. Against that Tennessee defense, Watson threw for four touchdown passes. This guy, that was what his, uh, you know, fourth game of his career. Or did he even play the first game? I, I, I remember, memory doesn't serve. So he was repl- He played the second half, I think. That's right. Habits that's right. Played the first half. So, so you know, I, I think that yeah, I think it is more likely that Jay Cutler throws through dead. And this is really the Dolphins' first home game. They've just been embarrassed the last two weeks. Their they, last week was technically a home game, but it was in London. Their first, their week two and week three, they were on the road. So this is the first time that they're actually playing at home, which is an advantage in the NFL. And the Tennessee defense is terrible. So, I mean, I just, I just want to be like a side bet on this, I think, at the end of the day. Because overall, I do think, Trey, I, I love this hot take, and I do think it's habanero. But I think versus the the, the color take, is just is, didn't get enough credit. <laughs> so I'm trying to – I'm just trying to like produce a side bet here. See what's up. Uh, so what's the side bet, Will? Is it uh, Cutler versus uh, Tyra Taylor? Oh, yeah. Is that it? I, so I, we I, we're going to take Four point for passing touchdown. I'll take Cutler. Well, no, I, I, I guess I have to go with Cutler since I called your take uh, jalapeno and then Trey's uh, habanero. So 
God, I hate to go with Cutler on anything, but I guess I'm going to have to go with him here. Trey? Just a little uh, grab bag of shame, TBD. Yeah, I, I'm not going to take a side on this one, honestly, because I do feel like taking yeah, – Cut this out, Ryan. If he's a, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I think Cutler – I think they're both going to be good. I, don't, I think they're both going to have great weeks. I think – I mean, I think that, honestly, for, for me, if I had to pick between the two, I'd probably pick Cutler because he's at home. He's playing a terrible defense. He, he, he's, you know, I mean, he's got Devonte Parker and Jarvis Landry, um, and an offensive minded coach with a, uh, you know, decent offensive line, you know, Tyrod Taylor's going on the road and he's got none of that. I mean, he, he doesn't even have Jordan Matthews this week. So, I mean, his best receiver is Charles Clay. So I would, I would literally take Charles, Cut, um, Jay Cutler, if I had to put money on that wager. So. All right, so loyal listeners, if you're listening, if you want to take Tyra Taylor's side, <laughs> you are more than welcome because it's it's you versus the Fantasy Joes. <laughs> let, let, let's, let, We've digressed to this. All <laughs> okay, right, well, sorry. Well, let's we'll get back to the hot takes. I'm super psyched about I just was more – I almost wanted to just say I'll go Jay Cutler four touchdowns. Just get some more spicy. <laughs> I, know, I feel like my take was boring. I didn't want to be boring. Do you want to you bump it up? You want to crank it up to uh, four, four tutties? If you want to go four tutties, I'll give you a habanera. Absolutely. Me too. No, if I'm getting four tutties, I want ghost pepper. Or I'm out. Or I'll stay at three. And I'll Trey, stay with let's, let's, let's do that, Trey. Let's do it. So, Jay Cutler. Four, four touchdowns, ghost pepper. Ghost pepper. Done. Trey, you with me? Yeah, we can let's do roll that. roll it up. Uh, worth, right. If you lasted this long and listened this far, it just became <laughs> worth it. <laughs> All right. Just to, just, just to get him one, I, bet, I bet one, he catches a pass <laughs> in the wildcat formation. Wild yeah. formation. No, more, no more Jay Cutler. No more whining. You we've, got, we've, you we've, got lost, we've lost our seven cover. listeners. There's like one loyal person listening. Thank you, whoever you are. Okay. I, I just want somebody to get psyched up about something. We like, got, okay, we got, two, we got two hot, bold, spicy takes left. Will, you're one of them. What's your last hot, bold, spicy take? Well, I mean, you can introduce it with a little more emphasis. Uh-huh. What but, is your uh, next hot, bold, spicy take? Ooh, I can barely even say it because my <laughs> mouth is on fire. Because even with the recent news of the Packers running backs coming out, so I get that Tom Montgomery thinks he's going to play, uh, and, I, and, and I get that Jamal Williams is like, oh, I'm ready to go. But my thing is, I, Aaron Jones is going to be a top 11 running back this week in half-point PPR. And I, I, I almost pushed it further, but I wanted to keep, you know, like relatively safe, which I found out is not healthy for me when it comes to takes further on. But I think that uh, I, I don't think Tyron Montgomery is going to play, in my honest opinion. I, I think broken ribs are more serious than what he's treating them. He's not going to play through pain. He's going to take contact. And I really, really love Aaron Jones. And on top of that, we talked about just slightly earlier, Aaron Rodgers endorsed him. So I want to move this up. Give me, give me Aaron Jones top nine running back and a half point PPR this week with no bonus points for long touchdowns. Hmm. Okay. We're, we're, uh, we're making this interesting. Uh, they're going, they're going to Dallas. They're going to Dallas. Um, Trey, what do you, what do you think? You know, I'm not super familiar with Dallas's defense and how they're ranked. Um, the the only thing that leads me, and, and I, I'm not going to say it's like a banana pepper. Um, I, I don't know how the usage is going to work out. 
I know Jamal Williams practicing full today, and I know that that Ty Montgomery is gonna you know get some usage there. Um, Aaron Jones is a pass catching back, so um, I think the touchdown potential. Top nine though. I mean, I'm tempted to go Jalapeno, but I do think Habanero. I I probably say Habanero. It's a pretty hot take because I don't think I think Aaron Jones is just a guy. It just so happens that uh, he's getting these touches. Uh, however many they are in a really, really good offense. And so I, I do think – I'd probably say Habanero. I think it's a pretty pretty hot take for him to be top nine. I mean, you know, you know, you know there's a few guys that you can pencil into that top nine that, that are almost locks to be there. So I think it's a, I think it's a Habanero. Yeah, I think it's a solid Habanero as well. I, I mean, th- this is um... – yeah, this is a Green Bay offense that they're gonna. I think they're gonna throw the ball a lot. If Ty Montgomery is not 100, they're gonna throw the ball a lot. Now, Aaron Jones is probably going to be a, a beneficiary of that. Uh, but, yeah. but no, I, I mean top nine. That's that's pretty hot. So so I'll go Habanero with that too. Are, Will, are you happy with Habanero? Never. <laughs> How is that? He has not played a single game. His full snaps. Like this is ridiculous. Ah. Well, you right, think, about, right. think about the Dallas defense. So I think that's it's the Dallas defense because they. I just I remember remember the Denver game where I think um, uh, C.J. Anderson rushed for like 150, and then Jamal Charles. Because C.J. Anderson was the starter. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's the backup. But Jamal Charles, the you know the guy can barely get on the field. He rushed for 50 yards that game. So it was um, top nine. All right, I got it. Yeah, because here's the thing: because in that game, Aaron Jones will be the pass catcher out of the backfield. You know, you could see you could see Rogers throwing him, you know, a couple of touchdowns. He could rush for a touchdown on the ground. So I don't think it's like ridiculous to think that that he could he could be top nine. But it's hot. I mean, Habanero is really hot. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's less likely that he finishes the top nine than the Bills winning last week. All right, we'll, 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 we'll digress. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> so here's my here's the I'm going to close here with this hot, bold, spicy take. Um, this is the biggest underdog of the week, Jacksonville, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ten-point underdogs going into Pittsburgh. I think they're going to beat the Steelers. You look at the last nine matchups of these two teams, they've been really close. The Steelers do have a 5-4 edge, but they've been outscored by an average of 19.3 to 18.9, according to Yahoo Sports. And five of the last nine have been decided in the last two minutes or overtime, so it's going to be close. And I'm going to go one step further and say Jacksonville – wins it they beat the mighty pittsburgh steelers book it gentlemen that's my closing hot bold spicy take well i guess we'll let you go first you're gonna give me a banana pepper obviously so i'm just so angry uh i will uh I, I will temper that anger to be reasonable which you know maybe you guys should understand when you're when you're voting for these things i, I think i go i could go so I think Jacksonville's good, and that was a weird game last week against the Jets, but they lost the Jets. So uh, I, I guess I'll go. I'll, I mean, I guess the, to Jacksonville to win at Pittsburgh, I'll go. I'll go. Uh, Ghost Pepper. Oh. I think it's pretty hot. I think it's pretty hot. Wow, Trey. Wow, you know that that is hot. Uh, you know, I was thinking I was going to be at Habanera, so obviously we're going to have to, to, you know, find common ground here. I'll come down at Habanera. That's fine. <laughs> you were way too fast. Well, I so 
So now I, but I think that, you, you know, Will makes a good point. In the NFL, the difference between the best teams and the worst teams really truly is a pretty fine line. I do think that um, Pittsburgh has just not impressed me this year. And Jacksonville has impressed me. But the, the more that I thought about this game, the more that I thought to myself, you know, this is – it's in Pittsburgh, which obviously, you know, Vegas – I mean, if there's anything that really pretty consistently just comes down to almost in the nail on the head, it's Vegas picking these lines. I mean, so many times they're so close on picking these lines. So there's not many road underdogs that are, you know, um, eight-point underdogs that win outright. So I do think it's a hot take. I, you know what? I'd be willing to go ghost pepper. If, you know what? If Ryan can call back-to-back weeks almost you – know, or touchdown plus road underdogs to win, I think he deserves the four points. So I, I'll, I'll, I'll meet you at ghost pepper there. Okay. So what I want it to be known is that it's more likely that the Jaguars beat the Steelers at home than Jay Cutler throws four touchdown passes. Yeah, I think that's true. I, I definitely am on board with that. I yeah, like I, it. I'm, I'm, I'm totally – like so I, just, I, just, I, like, I like to compare the two. Uh, I'm no, not no. really upset about the, the, the spicy mistakes. I love this call. I love the boldness of it because I think the Jaguars are underrated. I think you flipped that, road, by the way. But your road team uh, call of the Bills last week is the only thing keeping it from being Carolina Reaper, literally, I think. Like uh, – I think you did you probably you I flipped when when I said definitely I think it's I think it's more likely that Jay Cutler throws four touchdowns than the Jaguars beating the Steelers that's what I meant I think that I think the likelihood an NFL quarterback in a really good matchup at home throws four touchdowns is much more likely than a um, eight point underdog winning on the road yeah ten points especially with Blake Bortles as quarterback I mean you know that's the so I, I I mean I think that I think that it'll be a tough tough road to hoe for Jacksonville to win that game. I yeah. didn't realize you guys were so high on Jay Cuddy. Yeah, well I'm not. I like but. it. I like it. <laughs> it's All the right. matchup. It's a get right game for him. If he does, if he runs six wildcat plays, he will throw for four touchdowns. <laughs> All right, guys, we got to stop the Jay Cutler talk because we're losing all our listeners because no one likes Jay Cutler. Um, but <laughs> since, I, since I won last week with those eight points, I, I, we're doing something where I get uh, closing thoughts for 60 seconds. And my closing thoughts, it's a, it's a little bit serious, but not, I don't think it's too serious because it ends on a positive note. Um, you know, we've, we've had a rough week. You know, we're, we're, we talk about fantasy football, but this has been a rough week. It's really been a rough month, maybe in a rough year, with the hurricanes that have, have – uh, have hit, you know, our country and, and, and the Houston area and Florida with, um, you know, the mass shooting that happened in Las Vegas on Monday. Um, and in, in our life, um, we have some family members that have been struck with uh, leukemia and lymphoma. And what my wife decided to do was to be proactive about it and take her anger and frustration about it and do something about it. So my wife is running the Chicago Marathon this weekend for team and training to support the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Guys, she is one of the top 15 fundraisers in the country for the Chicago Marathon. She's raised nearly $6,000. I'm really proud of her. You know, she wanted to get above that that, that $6,000 mark. She wanted to be top 10. She she didn't quite get there, but it's phenomenal what she's done. So I'm really proud of my wife, Meg. So I want to give a shout out to my wife, Meg, and just encourage people out there to, to do good. 
I mean, it, it's a it's a dark world we live in. I think a lot of us play fantasy football because it's an escape from that 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 evil world we live in. But there's a lot of good, a lot of positive. So keep that in mind and do some good in the world. You don't have to sign up for a marathon and raise a lot of money, but but you know, uh, do some good in, in the world, pay it forward, and you know that's how I want to end the show. Um, do good. Look, look at the bright side, and remember we can make a difference together. Just just be a good person and do good. Um, so with that, this was another episode of the Fantasy Joes. You can contact us directly at thefantasyjoes at gmail.com or at ffjoes on Twitter. Your feedback is very, very welcome. Let us know how we're doing and what you want from us. Please subscribe. Please rate the show, review us. We come at you weekly on Thursdays with new episodes. But be sure to subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can find us all on Twitter. Trey is at Trey Barrett. Will is at Will. Fantasy Joes underscore Will. And I am, of course, at Roto Librarian. On behalf of Trey Barrett and Will Greenwood, I'm Ryan Livergood, and we are the Fantasy Joes. Fantasy Joes. Fantasy Joes. Fantasy Joes.